Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's Nick. You can find us at the HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook. Nick, it's been a good weekend. I'm diving into a great beer. This is another one from New Belgium. This is New Belgian Triple, Belgian style ale. Wonderfully delicious. No, it's not as fruity as what I think you might be interested in. One day, oh you'll yeah, get to drink a oh yeah, a Fru- hey, fruity pebbles over there. You're 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 cutting out the the fruit this week, huh? Yeah, cut it out. It did say this is a golden sweet though, pleasantly dry Belgium style ale. So. This is a triple, which basically, in a sense, means triple stuff, I guess. You know, all that good stuff. Wow. Another educational moment in (laughs) how to be a beer snob. It means you got to drink more. I hear you. It means you got to drink triple. Let's do some buy and sell. I'm buying, you know, it was a great weekend for strapping on the old cleats and tying them up, right? But not that kind of football. It was a great weekend for football, but it was a different type of football. And uh, it's fun, right? So I'm buying the energy uh, as a parent back into games of watching kids play sports. I'm buying it, man. I just, I can't help, right? It's so much fun, even though on these episodes, and I will still do it, it's something about watching recreational soccer that is just, you got to go into it with a fun atmosphere and be just excited to be there. And that's what it was hearing fans yell, hearing people get, you know, complaining about the referee. And you're just, you're like, golly, I can't imagine being this ref having to deal with this parent, but making $20 to ref the game. Yeah. And then suddenly then your, your kid just breaks down the sideline. He goes for it. And what do you know? He scores first time he scored. And right. There you go. Mom's going crazy. Now is up, you know, she's up at the, where everybody's supposed to be cheering. She's over there wherever all the kids, you watch them go and play an indoor. And it's all this plexiglass and like causing a distraction. It's like, what in the hell's going on? Something clicked. And he's just like, there's an energy and it's a really interesting energy, but I'm buying it because it just, gets are you, bu- are you buying the uh, crazy parents? I tell you what, those videos on the internet are electric, electric. I don't know what people, you know, your kid is not MJ. Okay. Just your kid is average. You probably should be sitting on the bench if you weren't coaching. So, you know, just relax. You don't need to yell and scream. I mean, that's what I love about youth sports. I'm going to be the center field dad. You know what I mean? Just far away from, cause I, I just know you're going to end up on somebody's phone in a fight in the stands these days. Yeah. I was just having this conversation with one of the guys on my team. There's something about youth sports where your part is fun, but there's also kind of this other weird part that's emerged as uh, more and more parents have kids in sports and they take it way too seriously at the age of nine. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's why I always completely always just say recreational. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Your kid's not Pele dude. Mm -hmm. Calm down. Mm -hmm. Ronaldo's not in indoor soccer in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. so yep. because i have uh, coached before and i coached my nephew in baseball and yeah it's like you know what i'm good i'm good yep. like yeah you well, know? Got one of the guys one of the guys on my team he's coached a bunch of youth sports and he said the same thing he basically got to the point he just goes man you wouldn't believe it he's like mm-hmm. it's just you know I, I had some free time i want you know 
he's done fun. pretty early here at VR. He wanted to kind of help out. It was a way to be with his kids and have a good time. He goes, yeah, I'm probably not going to do that much more. Okay. So I'm going to buy this week. My buy is, as I shared in the HyperClean specialist group, I love corny personalized license plates. Man, oh man. There is nothing like driving around and seeing a guy. And and like I, I, I said to to one of our our great people in HyperClean, uh Wes, who's a Nissan fan, so to speak, and and other things, but if you see a Nissan GTR, you can bet personalized license plate just like a tesla these days you see a tesla you know it's going to say zero gas no gas you know something like that on the license plate and there's just these certain cars you look at and go yep they have a lot of personalized license plates and i i've never been someone to thought you know what my car's not complete until i put this corny license plate on here let me go ahead and go through the process of getting approved it's just it's something I've always enjoyed driving around going, who has the stupidest license plates on the way home? And, you know, this weekend saw a G Nissan GTR and just had to snap a picture on the freeway and go, is there anything more on brand than Nissan GTR guy with a corny license plate? And uh, so that's what I'm buying because I don't look at it negatively. I like to have a laugh at these clowns that that put personalized license plates on cars. It is funny. One of those clowns actually would be, not me. Don't, don't confuse yourself, Nick, but my mom, my mom uh, did that. She did silver because her dad won uh, silver in the 36 Berlin Olympics. And that was her, like, she just, man, she had to do it for some reason after it's he died, weird, right? She's, they, she's, they just do it. They, yeah, like, here's like the thing. They don't, they don't crowdsource that information. Like, Hey, do you think this would be cool? You never hear from personalized license plate person, right? They just do it. And, uh, you know, look, they make my drive a lot more enjoyable because every time I see one, I just, I'm like, what was this person thinking? I always, well, I like to try and figure out what exactly they mean. Yeah. Cause like 90% of them, you can't figure it out. Yeah. It's like, so now you got an inside joke on your license plate. That's even dumber. Cause it's like, what? Nobody can even have a laugh at it, but yeah, I, I saw a Nissan GTR. And if you've never met one of those owners, you would understand why they have a corny license plate. And I, I bet you there's that same one in every state. It seems like we had one here. That's GTR Zilla, hundred percent. Like slow every down, dude. Have, yeah. It's not a Ferrari. Okay. <laughs> like just calm down. It's a nice car, fun to drive, but like, come on, man. It's not special enough to be doing all that. Well, all right. So we had some chili. There was some actual football games. I did chili again for the first round. Did you make anything special for uh, I think the we games did. on Sunday? I, I did some. I did some wings. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wings. So then I did wings in the second round. How'd you do your wings? What'd you do? I'm a smoker guy, so I I just put it in the uh, smoker, let them roll. I don't. I do salt and pepper, and then whatever sauce. Uh, sriracha garlic is is kind of hot. Mm -hmm. Sriracha garlic is like the, the the thing my family likes, but I'm not an overly saucy wing guy. I like just enough. Uh, that's why when you go to places like B dubs or, or any of those types of places, I often think they go a little overboard on the sauce. I like a light coat, but yeah, no, we, you know, wings are easy. You know, once you have a smoker, it's like, just stick them in there and let it go. So I, I went the lazy route. Yeah, that's a good call. I I like to boil my wings and then either, or if I'm going to smoke them, they'll just go straight in. But we did the grill with also some fried ones. So we boil them and then out on the grill and uh, it, 
<laughs> last night is like I told you, man, it got cold. Like many other places here in the country, it got cold. Very cold. Uh, it was extremely difficult trying to get my grill heat. It was so cold. It I took know. longer to get my wings going. I was like, what the hell? We yeah, just like to do the smoker like out do- here in the summer when it's like one fifteen. Yeah. It, I mean, you don't hardly use anything, yeah. you know, but in the winter, yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta kick it up. Yeah. So we like to put a couple different seasonings and then make them different ways. But I definitely have found, I think my new thing this season has been taking a little bit of uh whiskey and mixing it into the barbecue sauce that I dip into. Ah, I don't know, man. Yeah. I just love you're, it. You're like, you know what? Let me get drunk and have some wings. Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> Sounds good. Let to me, me put a buzz on and. All right, so which which was worse for you, man, when you're watching the games? Was it the calls or the push out of bounds? Which one? Because those were both pretty bad. Can you imagine being that guy? Like, could you imagine? Now he didn't ruin their season, but yeah. So for yeah, for for those that don't know, I'm really good friends with an NFL referee. So you can imagine the group chat during those two games because they were probably the two most worst officiated games that mattered in a long time. That third down he, here's what here's what I always one. tell my buddy, and again, he's my friend, love him to death. Refs are professional tattletales. Like these are the kids that ratted on you in school. So, you know, what what do you expect referees to do but screw it up? They're just trying to rat on somebody. I'd never believe that a referee in any sport should be that involved at the end of the game. I realized he hit him out of bounds. I think a lot of referees, and this is an argument I've had with my buddy. You can tell the referees that have never actually hit someone because I don't think somebody's trying to do something nefarious very often. They're just kind of the momentum of their body. And anybody with common sense and a a five IQ understands that he wasn't trying to hurt Patrick Mahomes there. Uh, It's unfortunate, man. I mean, I, I think it's BS. They basically won the game on a BS call. Again, right by the letter of the law. I get it. But you swallow your whistle in that position since also you've refereed a pretty poor game on the side of the Bengals. I mean, they had the third and nine situation that was a complete disaster. You owe them and common sense doesn't prevail. And you basically give them because there's no way he 15 yards back. That kicker doesn't have a prayer, right? You're in overtime and at least it's, it's now up for grabs. It just shows you. You know, the Bengals have been on this for a while now because of the, you know, they were selling tickets to the Atlanta, you know, neutral site game behind their back and saying, hey, the NFL's out to get us. Now they're using it for hype. I get that. But if you ever thought a game was fixed, that one looked pretty close. Uh, I'm not that guy, but damn, did it look pretty close. And I don't think the, you know, there was a 14 points in the Eagles game that was basically flipped on the same thing, referee calls. So if you look at that final score, they should have been down what 17 to seven, you know, 17 to seven. They probably don't, you know, have such a, you know, bad attitude and not thinking they're in the game. I don't know. I, I, this is what I've, this is why the NFL has fallen out of favor with me. The refs can't wait to throw a penalty flag. I mean, where's the fun in all that? I mean, I I just don't think that much bad shit's going on in football that they need to be concerned about throwing a penalty flag every five minutes. Like, I, I just don't understand that. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was it, me trying to explain what was about to happen because I just kept thinking the Bengals were about to just take over. How were the Chiefs still in it? Half their team was was either hurt. Mahomes was starting to limp. Like, I just kept going, okay, the Bengals are about to take over. Bengals about to take over. 
and it just never happens. All the calls go one way and you just go, Oh, and then, you know, that, re that referee screws up so bad did, and they never did make the it best right. Team win. Did the best team win. It's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, for those, uh, I, I may be offered to go to the Super Bowl because, yeah. you know, my buddy is, is deep in Philly, in Philly land. And I kind of told him after last night, I said, you can find somebody else for that ticket. I've been invited to Super Bowls before. I, I'm not going to go sit through a Super Bowl and just be like, first of all, I think football in person is boring because there's so much dead time. You know, hockey, those types of things are way more fun. Uh, fights are definitely way more fun in person. And I don't really want to go down there for the Super Bowl and just see the same thing because we just watched two games that mattered be completely dictated by referee calls. I mean, what's the fun in that? This has been my gripe about the NFL forever. It's like, seems like they just can't wait to have the referee involved. And I think it's strange. So let me give you a, a question I've asked in a group chat with my referee buddy. You have three entities that are involved in every football game, two teams and the referee, which is a representative of the league office. Why don't the referees have to answer questions at the end of the game? <laughs> right. You make the players, the losing players have to go on, which do you think they feel like going up there after that game and, and having dumb questions asked? Referees never get called to the carpet. I think that's part of your problem. If they had to answer the way all these players have to answer to the media, I think they'd referee the game totally different. Well, welcome to the Pines of Polishing podcast. We're here to actually talk about NFL games. Yeah, but, there you go. I mean, it was it was so crazy to watch and finally – we both watched some games at the same time. So we had to talk about it. The, the whole season comes down to these last games. And that's, what's so fun to, to try and get ready for these moments, have a big, I think what was surprising for the game for me was actually the indoctrination of car brands pushing their electric agenda down further. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're... it was insane. Kevin Bacon's daughter, like those commercials and just, Come on, everybody's doing it. I mean, just why? Why you been waiting? Like, yeah. come on. No, I feel you, but you got to have some place to charge it. That's the part that keeps getting left out of all this. And again, I don't know if I shared this on Saturday. I think I I didn't. Last week, I saw a Tesla catch fire on the freeway, and I, and if nobody's seen an electric car catch fire, it is intense because all that stuff gets to going and it shuts the freeway down. You know, the freeways are big enough out here. If a car catches fire, like a normal, you know, gas car, they can pull it, push it off to the side. They'll maybe close a lane. They'll handle it. Dude, they had the whole freeway shut down. That's how, that's how strong and, and they can't, it's hard to put out, right? Like, you know, you got electric fire after electric fire because you have all these connections inside the battery and it just keeps kind of reigniting itself where, you know, as long as the fire doesn't get to the gas tank, basically, and in a, in turn, in a, in a combustion engine, you know, you, you, you kind of fine, you know, that the big explosion's probably out of the realm, but at the end of the day, man, if you've never seen one catch fire because of the heat out here in the summer, I've seen a lot of Teslas catch fire a lot, meaning more than normal cars catch fire. And it just, it just goes up and it's just an intense, really, really high heat. And it just shuts freeways down. It's crazy. Well, for you and Tesla's, that's the way it's going to be there in Vegas and the heat. For us in the Midwest and Oklahoma, I'm really excited to see the amount of people that drive off the road because those of you that watch the game, 
also saw a truck brand trying to encourage people, we will, we will rock you. <laughs> and they're showing their automated car system tow a boat <laughs> while people clap their hands while they're not touching the road. Yep. What? Yep. Like, yeah, you've what you've entered you've entered into an, look you you've entered in the insanity zone, right? Like it's look, you're going to have people where you look over and because on the West Coast, like Los Angeles, San Diego, you know, here in Vegas, we were so close to the Tesla plant that Tesla really took off here pretty quick, you know. And to look over and see a guy like reading his phone with both hands because it's autonomous, it's like man, that's, that's still a crazy thing to see. And I just don't know that I want to be driving next to something that's so untested. But now you got the great American manufacturers who've had electrical problems in damn near every car they've ever built, especially you Dodge guys. Uh, <laughs> nothing says we're on top of it other than let's make it more electronic and see if it can't drive itself. Like if you think those engineers are on top of it, good luck to you. I mean, we've seen the videos of the Tesla guy flying off the road. Wait till we start seeing these with the, the, the Chevy truck and the boat being pulled behind. And the people are like, wait, what? Like, well, it's oh, like the was... new, do you remember Segway? Those things that people used to ride, mm -hmm. you know, the, when the CEO came in and he rode it off the cliff and died. It's like, <laughs> I mean, you just know you're going to hear something crazy like, hey, CEO took his autonomous car for a drive and clipped 15 people. Like, you just know it's coming. I don't know what they're thinking. They're thinking because Tesla did it, it's easy. And everything points to it's not how you think it is. Look, you've already had a recall on Hummer for their battery issues. I'm not sure. Don't be the guinea pig. I'll just put that out to our community. Do not be the guinea pig for American muscle or truck electronics. I just, I, I just wouldn't do that. All right. So I said, and I think you, you also agree, like that H1, that original H1 was oh, one, it's incredible, right? I called it uh, a couple months ago on the community pub. One of the biggest panty dropper vehicles you can find. Oh, it dude, it's was. sweet. It was yeah, no. And, and here's the thing. My favorite SEMA build this year was from a tactical company that had an H1 decked out like tactical, matte black. So still to this day, that vehicle plays. It's, you know, you can't fit it in anybody's garage. It's massive. It looks mean. I thought they did okay on H2 because H2 was still a massive vehicle. Just didn't drive very well. But yeah, H1 still... And look, that's that's probably a bucket list ownership for me, meaning if I got the chance at a price I liked, you know, it's like Land Rover Defender from the, the 90s, that'd probably be a, another one for me. But you you don't see really great ones that have really been updated and, and all the modern amenities. That's that's a pretty hefty price tag. Does the uh, you you're the one that just put out on the Saturday episode, you work pretty heavy on this new. Hummer electric, does it become a, uh, a panty dropper for the new age man? No, maybe your wife will drive it. That that's maybe what'll happen. Yeah. I mean, she might do that in the car. I don't know, but she's not going to do it because of the car. Uh, I I'm not impressed. Uh, it's cool that they're doing it. I'm always for revitalizing things, but you know, once again, it's just kind of a lazy GM parts car that they took off everything else. And, 
it's kind of GM's MO. They've been doing that on every car they build since the nineties. Uh, they just, it's just a parts bin car. And, you know, now you can just shove two screens in there, which isn't a lot of effort, uh, which is right up GM's alley. Uh, let's see how little effort we can put into thinking about this. Boom. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, again, $60,000 car be great. Be awesome. At, you buy one 120. Uh, you drive it off a cliff. You'd be like this. This isn't, this isn't what it's supposed to be. And now they've lost the essence of Hummer, right? It's kind of, it's kind of gone. Uh, it, it just, it doesn't look right in person. It's kind of got a funky stance to it. Funky design. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, again, at 60 grand, you'd be like, man, this is awesome. All right. So Saturday after the big goal, right. You got to go celebrate anytime. Uh, there's a success in the young kids, recreational sporting events. You got to go celebrate. So for us, it was Krispy Kreme. Whoa. That's out of the blue. Strange. Agreed. Did you wait for the, did you wait for the warm ones? No, unfortunately I said that after we left, I had mine and I went, this isn't warm. Terrible. Like why did we come all anyway? Let's get move on from that. As we all know, there's things as a dad, as a father, as a parent, you just husband, you just kind of go along with, but on our way there, I needed gas. Pulled into a place that actually I was excited about. I'd seen it around a bit because strangely enough, they're big TikTokers. And this person oh, okay. puts out TikTok videos of their gas station. So I often sometimes go in and just see what fun things they're doing because we've seen some TikToks that are really interesting. If you watch any of those TikToks where it's got the, the bad people that come in and try and do crazy shit or the guy's making the TikTok from behind the window and he's got all this stuff up and people can't get it right. Like those become very interesting of die, you know, things that go on inside of a gas station. That's a little bit more of a rough area. This is an upscale, nice place has a car wash has a pumps. And here it's big of, I don't know. Is it big there? Will people advertise a real gas versus ethanol gas? Do you guys still no. do that? No, it's not. I'm gas is, gas we, is gas. we don't, yeah, we don't have any of that here. Gas isn't just gas. You have ethanol gas and real gas. And that's actually put out real gas, right? Wow, so things are wild over there in Oklahoma. Wild West. <laughs> We're the ones that, that developed oil. So you got to know that's the way to do it. Gotcha. So you pull in, you get some real gas, good to go. And I noticed something that I hadn't seen at any other gas station here. I don't know that I've actually ever used a gas station like this. Full service. What? Wow. What's a full service gas station? Well, there was two guys sitting over there. Of course, I didn't go over there. I just pulled into what I'm used to. But somebody walks around, checks your tire pressure, checks things, pumps the gas for you. And I was just like, oh, my word. That's a blast from the past. Like yeah. that's almost Biff status back in the day of, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, back to the future. Like what in the hell happened? Cool Have you thing. ever been to a full service gas station? Yeah, no, it's, it, it is something that existed once upon a time, you know, probably when I first started driving my car, they were way more still kind of popular. They weren't obviously everywhere, but you had different neighborhoods that maybe had a couple nice ones. I think there's, parts of, I'd said this to you. I think there's parts of New Jersey, if not all of New Jersey, that's still pretty full service. Somebody pumps your gas for you. 
again, don't take my word on that. I, I think it's something like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you think about the gas station experience, it would be interesting if that came back, right? Which is, you know, people don't check their tires enough. So you do that. The only difference is back in the day, you were checking coolant, you were checking oil leaks because cars obviously had more coolant leaks and oil leaks. Yes. Yeah, so what, what, why did people do for full service? I think there's going to be plenty of people that go, wait, what? Like, okay. I remember yeah. hearing about that, but what did they actually do? Like, yeah. Why I mean, were they, they checking they're, cars they're, they're, that way? Well, because they were poorly made. I mean, look, we make fun of cars now because of this and that, and, and we're pretty nitpicky, but it's pretty rare. I think there are some, some newer trucks that, that have some oil leak issues from certain brands, but oil, oil leaks are kind of a thing of the past. You know, now, you know, you look at the car we have in my family. I don't think your first oil change is, is until 15,000 miles on the car. Wow. Like, I mean, it's, it's said right in the manual. I pulled the manual not too long ago. Cause I'm like, Hey, we're getting to like 10, 000, you know, six, seven, eight, ten thousand 10,000 miles. We need to get this car in the maintenance service lights not coming on the the screens not flashing so i pull the maintenance book and it says yeah your first oil change out of the factory is at 15,000 miles i mean there's many people that still change their oil every 3,000 miles when it's actually been proven that that can be actually harmful to do that on some of the newer motors that you should be really looking to get 5 to 7 to 10,000 in between oil changes, because once the oil breaks in, it's a little easier on your engine and engines are so efficient now that you just don't have these massive leaks in the coolant system or, you know, in the oil system, the way you used to. And so that's where full service was really, really great because you had like a mechanic at the full service station that would come out, check your coolant levels, check your oil levels. Because remember, I mean, I'm sure some of the cars you drove when you first got your, your beaters, like I did, uh, one of my first Jeep Wranglers, that thing burnt like a quart of oil in no time, right? Like, so you had to stay on top of it in a way you don't have to do now. That's what's amazing when so many, you'll see so many stories of a mechanic, again, like on TikTok or Reels or something like that, share, hey, this this car just came in, it had no oil in it. And you're like, how's that even possible with a 2019 Corolla? Well, they drove like 100,000 miles and never checked the oil. Right. And, and I mean, just because how guy, how people used to check oil is you'd look under your car and go, man, what's all that oil? Well, think about the last time you really had that. And so full service was basically a much needed thing long ago, but I mean, not really that needed now. It's more of a luxury. Yeah. Well, and luxury is beyond, right. It's beyond luxury. It's nobody does. I mean, I literally, that's the only gas station here. And that is interesting though. Could that make a comeback? Because people, would they really enjoy not getting out of their vehicle and having somebody pump their own gas? I, yeah. I think but, they would. But here's the thing. You, you hear everybody bitch about tip culture. Guess who you got to tip? I mean, they're pumping your gas. They're out in the cold. They're out in the heat. I mean, that's the next part of it. So the people, those of you that are anti-tip culture, which, by the way, that, that's gained a bunch of steam on TikTok uh, and social media as a whole. Uh, if you're against that, then self or self serve is probably where you want to go because a full service gas station, you know, there's some tipping involved and things like that. But the only thing we have here and a random, really nice part of uh, a nice little area here in Vegas is they'll hire like high school kids 
and they'll pump gas. They don't check your tires or anything. They'll just pump your gas and maybe wash off your windshield and you give them a couple bucks. It's a really nice gas station part of a chain here, but they don't have it at every single one of their locations just in this really nice neighborhood. And look, when we when we stop there for gas, it's nice to, hey, yeah, go ahead and pump it. Here's a couple bucks. I don't have to put my hand and and maybe the idiot before me spilled the gas all over the handle, you know, so. Well, I don't and know. Or, nice. Right. I mean, the biggest thing, what do you have something that you do at your gas pump out of Corona? I still do. I never was a big fan of grabbing the gas pumps anyway. I'm not a huge germaphobe, but like I don't touch doors on the handle. I'll touch doors. Like if you're going into someplace, I'll touch them where different people don't like the odd places. Or I have a lot of times I'll put my, you know, sleeve inside of my arm. Why don't you just use the old. And I'll do right. So one time, one thing that I still do out of Corona. Thank you, Larry Casilla. When he was talking, he did a big thing and he just grabbed the paper towel. I haven't stopped. That's how I've always done it. it. Yeah. I've always done that. Yeah. That's that. I did that ever since I was 16. Because for whatever reason, my dad did it. And that's what I was going to say. Was there something that your dad? Yeah, my dad did it. And I never knew why he did it. And it wasn't a germ thing. It was kind of what I said earlier. You know, if you're headed to work and somebody's been irresponsible with that gas pump and let gas get in that handle or was messy with it, you know, when you get gas on yourself, on your hand or whatever, you can't get it off. You know, it just stinks all day. And so I think that's, I, I just kind of learned it had nothing to do with germs. I just don't want my hand to smell like gas, uh, you know, because people are real crazy with the gas pump, you know, like, I don't know how you get gas on the handle, but I guarantee you every gas station you go to in America, one of those pumps has gas on the handle. I, I still don't know how it happens. And one thing I definitely do is I don't like the gas line running down the side of my car. So I will sit there and tap, tap, tap. Then I, I, I turn it under my, turn my hand under. So the gas doesn't like put a drip on the side of my car. Like Mm. I'm not doing all that. I'm not. And let me tell you something. You want me to come unglued? I just detail my car. I get careless. And that little drop comes I'm Done. Dude. I just, I come unglued Mm. on myself, not on the world. I just go, God damn it, dude. I, I just hate that. Yeah. My Jeep has a problem. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't always shut off. Yeah, my Toyota, our Toyota Tundra and my company, you can set it automatic, go sit in the truck, you come out and it's yep, all over on the side. And you're like, wow. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's certain vehicles that the gas pumps just angled in a way that the modern shutoff system doesn't work real well. All right. So we had an interesting post inside the specialist group. And this is, I think, going to be fun to dissect back and forth because. Well, it's a process and it's a, how fast you do it. And there's all kinds of things that we can get into. So let's dive into this discussion because, well, first of all, it's something that we really question. Why would somebody do it? Why would you, why would you have your cat inside your car? But let's set up the, the overall discussion with the post that came out of the specialist group of, I've got a cat that peed in the car. What do oh. I do? Right? So Overall, that's the big topic discussion. Let's let's first just have a ironically laugh, right? Come on, let's just laugh. Who oh, had, and this is a, I think this was a navigator, wasn't it? This was a- A black a, label, yeah. Yeah, this was a really, I mean, geez. <laughs> yep. And you got your cat just walking around in the car. Like, 
What? What has happened with the culture of animals all over oh. the place? You started to get out more. It's it's ironically funny, right? Like, what's happened with people? I don't and know, I've man. said it. I think it's a something that definitely transcended after Corona. People maybe were just around their pets too much and they fell back in love and now they have to bring their pet everywhere, I guess. I I don't know. I, I'm confused. A cat? Yeah, in do, a you, car? do you do you not think that your pet's gonna be at your I mean what do you think is gonna happen at your house that your pet's not gonna be there when you go home? It it's bizarre to me. I don't I I just don't love my dogs that much. I want them everywhere, especially funking up my car. Like there's two things that have never happened in my car, meaning I have a specific car that's mine at my house. I've never had uh, a dog in my car, my personal car, and I never pick up food in my car. I'll literally drive home and pick up the family car and go get the pizza. I'm not, I'm not putting that in my car. Not happening. I don't want food smell or animal smell in my car. So cat urine, how does it happen? I have no idea. I have, uh, honestly, they, they build these carriers. You put your cat in them. They're plastic. They'll catch everything. It's done. How do you get in this position? Let's say they had an emergency. They didn't have one of those amazing carriers that most everybody with a cat that's going to go to the vet in the past has always yep. had. And they're like we 20 also bucks. had one. It stayed in the garage, up in the shelf in a random part where you never went to, unless you needed to take your cat to the vet. I knew you, you had put a cat. It in there. I knew you had a cat. There, there, you know, we haven't talked. But I know you long enough. I go, I got the cat vibe. And now you told me you had a cat carrier up in the garage. When I was a kid, Nick, oh. I haven't had a cat since <laughs> I was a kid. All right. So I've got one finger up. Guess which one it is, man. Guess which uh, finger I have up in the air right now. Yeah, but you're right. The carrier, that was just, I don't know. That's what everybody did, right? You took your cat somewhere. They went in this carrier. All right. So we got a cat. It's in the car. Somehow it. Didn't go to the bathroom before. It pisses in the car. Random. How do you get it out? This is, oof, it's tough. We all know cat urine is, it's horrible. Dogs, yep. we get it, right? You know, dogs are dogs. But a cat in a car just to me is, is, and then you get the urine part. So it was in leather. Let's go over that real quick. And we're going to go over from two different aspects, right? We want to go over the thought process of, hey, I'm the person in the navigator that I randomly put my key, my, yep. my cat in the car. What happens? And then I, we also want to go over from the aspect of, hey, I'm the detailer. I got a phone call that some cat yep. was in the car piece. So let's start with I'm somebody that got a cat and it peed in the car. Naturally, right, I should try and maybe go to that gas station, right? Go somewhere that I can get it up. I need yep. paper towels. I need a towel. I need something. I need maybe some type of cleaner that I'm going to put on, but I don't know what to get. I'm just going to spray some, some stuff that's a regular cleaner, or maybe there's something that's a little bit more specialized for uh, protein stains, something that yeah. uh, might have protein in it. Yeah. So we, we are big here, or I should say I am of keeping something like, a 16 ounce bottle of eco one and a towel somewhere in your car and you're and usually it's in my driver door. It's not just for the exterior. Your kid could spill something. 
it's a double use type of product. Look, we don't actively say use eco one all over your interior. We're not those kind of people because they're specialized cleaners for the interior. Imagine that. Uh, but eco one can get you out of a pinch, right? Of let me get to the next place. The first thought that comes to my mind is you gotta, you gotta get, so like you said, get some type of, I mean, anything that can clean it up fast because what you're worried about is it soaking into something. Okay. So you can always go back and do more work. What you can't do is stop the soaking in process later. It's happening immediately. So even if you have some napkins in the, in the, <laughs> the middle console, dab the areas, like if you can't get your hands on cleaners, do whatever you can to, to just, stop it leaking down into the foam of the seats or into your carpet, those types of things. The next part of it is I think you got to hit it with an enzyme cleaner. You, you got to get something with an enzyme in it to try to break this down as fast as possible. This is one of those things. And I, Marty, I think a lot of people think this is dramatic when you're talking about cars, but it isn't. This is something, if you're an owner listening to this, and this is, happens to happen in your family somewhere, this can't sit, right? This is like the equivalent of a nuclear bomb going off inside your car. You need to clean up the area ASAP. And you, if it's Sunday afternoon, you better be calling every company you can to see if you just get lucky that somebody's open, right? Like, I don't think you want to wait an hour. I don't think you want to wait 12, 24, but you start talking about waiting a week and you're going to get to a place you might not like, because I think the decision at about a week long mark is much different than getting something pretty quickly. Yeah. All right. So we're the guy that gets the phone call or the gal. Hey, my cat peed in a car. It's got a really bad smell. It's leather. Hi, we got to get it cleaned up. So let's go over the process of what it would take to clean it up automatically if the car comes in enzyme cleaner most detailers are going to understand that if you don't enzyme cleaners break down proteins whether that's stains or just proteins inside of whatever has set in stains can be not only smell as well as visual stains so enzyme is going to be the way to go but nick Inside of that post and inside of the thought process that most detailers have is we start wondering, huh, okay, well, I can get off what was on the top of the seeds, but, yep. well, what happens in the bottom of the seed? What happens under that maybe something is soaked in? So on the seed, we know they're stitching. Something could get into the stitching. Maybe the cat peed onto the stitching. Maybe yep. it could get into the perforation and hopefully not gets down into the foam. But if it does, right, let's then talk about what needs to happen because some of the things that were thrown out, some of the ideas were your favorite, your favorite tool, the Tornador was mentioned. <laughs> Clean it up with the Tornador. Hey, this right? Tornador Mafia needs to get a clue. Um, yeah, Tornador in this situation would probably, I hope you're wearing a lot of respiratory gear if you're going to use the Tornador because cat urine has health hazard written all over it. 
A, for you, but B, let's say you do find the pocket and it sprays it out into the air at a high rate. You could be talking some spots in the headliner. You could be now talking about it's down in the carpet in multiple spots. Uh, it could hit other seats. There is something to think about here with air. We're all a fan of air, no matter how you use it. If I have something in the foam like cat urine and I get start getting it out and it starts going up like a volcano with all this air, Marty, what kind of problems are you introducing other than the health hazard? You're introducing that you have no control over where this urine is now. And I don't know, man. I good right, on you so if that's a, if that's what you should choose, but that that's a rough spot. So the next one that everybody's going to automatically go to, no problem, man, Nick, I got steam. Steam is the answer. It's a cure-all for everything. It's going to clean it. Okay, I'm with you. What do you see happening when you spray steam down into a seat? You also see other things coming up, a.k.a. steam, right? Yep. What happens then if some of that urine is in the steam? Where else does it go then from a tornador that might like, you know, as we see the liquid spraying and it's coming up and we see some splashing, but now steam. Yeah. How it far could really, does steam it could, go through? It the could vehicle? really spread it. I mean, if you have a strong steamer, it could really spread it. It could get onto seat belts. It could get it could get anywhere. Steam is a good option. What I would say with steam in this instance is that you would cover all the perforations in the seat with like towels. And, you know, hopefully no steam getting up out of that area. You're also taking a risk. Here's the truth that we didn't even talk about before we got on air. You could be looking at an insurance claim here. Okay. Now, whether the insurance is going to let you pay a deductible because you had, you know, your, your cat in the interior, you know, because you had Garfield with you. I don't know that that's your whole, that's what you're going to have to figure out. But you know, I kind of told you this might be a place for hot water extraction in, in a last ditch effort to try to hot water extract something beneath these leather perforated seats. It's very unconventional. And I keep saying the words hot water for a reason. You need something with intense cleaning ability and your $5 Bissell is just cold water. That, that ain't going to cut it. And even a cold, high price cold water extractor is not going to cut it. So you got the enzyme in there. You're trying to extract the enzyme, hoping the enzyme by picking everything out of there, you're going to take the urine with you. It's a shot in the dark, right? And this, this actually needs to be talked about that way with the customer that you're now down a road that most carpet cleaning companies, when you say you have cat urine in a bedroom, they're going to tell you, Hey, we're going to give it a shot, but you might have to rip this carpet out. Right. I mean, they're going to say that on the phone, no doubt about it. And that's how powerful this stuff is. You have a really tough conversation with a customer because honestly, it's probably going to take you less than 15 minutes to know if you can get this out. It's not going to take a whole bunch. So we've just suggested an alternative of steam on leather which some detailers know that if you push in that steam too hard on leather, you can have some problems yep. and or hot water extraction and that extraction inside the foam 
being able to get it back out if you don't. Very, you, very tough. Very, <laughs> again, that's why it's called a last ditch effort. Like, like you're, you're just calling it a last ditch effort. Hey, I'm telling you up front, I may not be able to fix this and I may make it worse. So this All seat's right, oh, probably going to have to be placed, replaced if I don't try everything anyway. There you go. So overall, overall, if you get the phone call, listen, I got a phone call this weekend from somebody that I had talked to and it's probably been about five or six years, you know, Hey, you, you still in, you know, detailing chemicals and stuff. Uh, my husband wanted to take off uh, some stuff off their car and they've got this tape residue. Can you get it off? I'm sure they didn't ask it that professionally. Yeah, they didn't ask it that professionally, right? But I'll save everybody the long story. Like, there comes a point in time where I, as the quote-unquote professional detailer who get a phone call with a situation where I go, yeah, I'm out. I'm not. No, I, you got some tape residue. You got something to get off. You, you're struggling through it. You, I don't know if this is really something I want to get into. Yep, man. I, I, this is it's, if if I get this type of phone call about, I've got a black label navigator, and yep. I'm a detailer. Ah, Look, you got you got to price in. So here's the deal: you got to price in your risk, right? And so now you're not looking for one of your packages. You're not looking for some answer from your services today. You're now basically giving them an at-risk price. Where is your threshold? Look, when when you and I were starting our business, our threshold was real low. I mean, this guy would have called you when you started your business to get this tape residue off. You'd have found any way out there. I'll figure it out. I need to make some money. If you're in that position, you need to still have that mindset, right? Because you're just getting your start. You don't know where this can lead. Maybe you can actually help somebody. Maybe you build a lifelong client. But even with that, I would say when you're in these tough positions, you need to price in the risk for you. I think it was a a 2006, like Jeep Liberty or something that had these things on since 2006. You're talking about approaching 17 years of mess on that car. Am I pricing that at a couple hundred bucks? No chance. I am going to probably do something like I'm about to explain now, sir. We'd be glad to do it. Unfortunately, we don't have a price list for something like this. You, you, you kind of tackled something that's not an everyday problem. Here's what we charge per hour. We'll start a clock. However long it takes us, it takes us. It could be five minutes to get it done. It could be five hours. It could be 10 hours. Are you okay with paying that kind of money? On a 2006 and the phone call you got, he's probably going to go his merry way. Okay. Because it doesn't sound like he's going to pay. Black Label Navigator. If it's a family with some money, you may throw out a pretty big number and get a, yeah, heck it, let's try it, right? But you better throw out a big number because what if you damage the seat? What if you damage the electronics beneath the seat? What if you make the problem worse? All that stuff has to be explained. And it doesn't make you in the wrong because you explain them and then they happen to happen, right? We've all taken on a job. I took on a Range Rover not too long ago where I told her on the phone, What you're asking me to do is body shop level work. This may go to the body shop, but you're still going to have to pay me for my time. She goes, yeah, try it. Five seconds later, I started in on it, started in on it, worked, 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 knew it, took it too far, headed, went to the body shop. But I was explicit with her. 
I know you're trying to avoid the body shop. This is going to be an added cost to you. She was trying to avoid the insurance company. We did what we could do. It really wasn't fixable. She paid the bill. You have to preface these types of jobs with the bill could be this and, and never be timid about that because you know the risk. And if they ask, you can say that, look, ma'am, I might damage your seat. Okay. This may be an insurance claim after this. I want to have an understanding with you. I don't want to hide anything from you. We don't know that we can get cat urine out of the seat, the carpet, the, the different places this stuff may be. If you're not happy, you're going to have to go to replacement. So I'm going to push this to the point of the brink of you having to go get a replacement. You realize the risk there. I think some guys are scared to be honest like that, but on it, when you go through these types of jobs, you don't have a choice. If you want to make money, Adam, you better be pretty upfront that it's a big bill. And yeah, I mean, the, I think you're right. I think there would be guys that would kind of cower at that little bit of moment, but if you don't, and, and let's, let's, let's be very transparent in a sense, or let's be Frank, right? We like Frank. Frank's a great dude. Frank is transparent and he gets right to it. That is probably what needs to be explained to the person Yep. is, Hey, I might not be able to get this, but I'm a business that values my customer and I'm trying to service my customer. Yep. So I want to make sure I lay out to you customer, what could or could not happen and what will happen based on could or could not happen. Yep. This is a big issue. How to handle it from the big issue should be laid out in a sense, a domino effect so that everybody knows because at the end of what we're all trying to do, it's not cause another problem later, right? Oh yeah. You and you want to be able to, if later. you create a problem, let's say you were to damage the seat. You want to be able to pick up the phone with a clear conscience and say, Hey, the worst case scenario happened. I pushed it to the edge. Look, you're going to have to call your insurance company. I'll be happy to help you. Anything I could do. Most people aren't going to take you up on that. They're just going to call their agent. You're, you're at every step. You're trying to do the right thing. If this makes you nervous to do the right thing, like and lay it out like this, don't do the job. Take it from me. It's like those phone calls you get. And I know every detailer listening to this goes, well, I would try it. Well, if you're not going to explain everything, don't try it. Just like when you pick up the phone and somebody says, I'll go, go get my car buffed for cheaper. Most of us go, Hey, sir, I get it. I'm not in your budget. Don't go do this cheaper. You're going to be in a, we usually all give that not trying to be a jerk. I'm trying to save you. Like if you can't afford to do it right, this is not a service to go do cheaper. You always hear back from them. My car's screwed up. This is one of those times that if you don't feel like telling the customer the exact truth and everything, bad thing that could go happen, I say you avoid the job. No, listen, that's, that's some great info. Most people really need to hear that. So, all right, Nick, great episode. Good talk. Enjoyed it, man. Have a great right, week. Talk to you. See ya. Hey, community. What a great episode. And the, at the education part of this, what you should take home is every single person should have some HyperClean Eco One in their car with a towel. The versatile I love for this. You could use it on the outside, use it on the inside, touch up things outside, whether it's bugs, inside, whether it's a spill. Eco One and the versatile is a great combination. Hey. It's a great, 
great idea. This is Marshall, and I hope you make it a great day.